Hello and welcome to Cabin Boy Minute, Minute 40. In this minute, the crew enters Wackyville. Paps manages his anxiety, and Nathaniel presents the crew with his fish stick kitties. Get ready to set sail with Cabin Boy Minute, Minute 40. halfway through the movie and how fitting that on the halfway mark here we are joined once again by none other than the great chad opitz welcome back chad thank you so much for having me halfway through i was on minute 20 minute 40 could i be on minute 60 maybe even minute 80 (laughs) i don't know but there's a pattern going on here so Chad Opens is a stand-up comic based in San Francisco. He was featured on the Doug Loves Movies podcast. He's, of course, a featured guest on Cabin Boy Minute podcast. Huge. And uh, he was recently cast as young Francis Ford Coppola for, what is it, next season of Goliath on Amazon? Yeah. Tell us about that. Oh, I got hit up. It was so funny. My roommate is, does some like acting in like local San Francisco, you know, shot things. And he was like, I saw this casting call for a young Francis Ford Coppola. You got to look at the picture of the young Francis Ford Coppola they picked. And I was like, oh, my God, that really does look like <laughs> me. And that same night uh, I did a stand up show. This is back in last February. Some an audience member after the show came up to me and was like, I saw a casting call for a young Francis Ford Coppola. You've got to try out for this. And I was like, oh, my God, I better do it. So I signed up for the casting network thing, put it in. A week later, I got a call from, like, hello, I'm the casting director for the show Goliath, and uh, we want you to be young Francis Ford Coppola. And I was like, do I have to come audition? And they were like, no, as long as you look like that. you know. So Because it was just basically Amazing. like – it's like an extra thing, a featured extra. Sure. Where, like, I'm basically just – Set dressing, because it was shot in San Francisco at this uh, cafe where Francis Ford Coppola used to write a lot. And so it's kind of like an Easter egg for, like, film geeks. I'm basically just dressed up like him, decked out in, like, 70s Francis Ford Coppola gear, typing on an old typewriter, like, in the foreground. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I mean, you're like Tom Hanks now. I mean, you you don't even have to go audition. (laughs) You know, they're just like, Chad, where is he? Yeah. Go get them. You want me? You take me as I am, damn it. Okay. (laughs) Very cool, man. (laughs) So tell us about your uh, your foray as uh, Rick Moranis' bodyguard. How did this come? Oh yeah. Well, this came. I mean, I think the (laughs) I think I speak for the world when I I was shocked to hear that he was brutalized out of nowhere. Rick Moranis punched in the head. I was like, somebody's got to do something about this. So I put it, you know, I made like a bodyguard audition video and I've been keeping that going and pretending that I am his bodyguard. <laughs> so, oh, you know. funny, man. All right. Well, thanks again for joining us, Chad. And uh, how befitting that not only the halfway mark here, but just a bonanza of good stuff in this here episode, <laughs> yeah. this here Chock full. So oh, I am ready to dive right in here. So we once again join the crew standing up at the bow. They have just, you know, noticed uh, the figurehead has a beard on it. 
And after Cappy's line about uh, has more whiskers than a laid off circus clown, we hear Nathaniel chime in, gee, they ought to rename this place Wackyville. A nice crazy little giggle from Nathaniel. (laughs) See some classic Chris Elliott there as he continues on that vein with his, ooh, because it's wacky. (laughs) (laughs) Just such a great follow-up. It's like, oh, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't get it before. So we thought that this week it would be fun to take this idea of Wackyville, and if we were to turn Wackyville into like a cabin boy-themed amusement park, and what would be the rides or attractions that we would expect to see at the Wackyville cabin boy-inspired amusement park? All right, I got a bunch, but uh, start with the Haunted House of Hares which is basically just like a scary bunny haunted house. Uh, just, you know, bunnies coming out from corners and jumping up from the floor. Next, I got uh, Callie's House of Ill Repute. It's a sort of a slow sort of roller coaster that takes you through a very specific fetish brothel while they sing <laughs> off-key songs about multiple arms and sex. I thought this was like almost like a Pirates of the Caribbean kind of ride. Sexually charged Pirates of the Caribbean. Bingo. There would for sure be moisture of some sort. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) I got the the Fancy Lad Fun House, which is, you know, basically all the staff dressed in Fancy Lad gear, uh, singing and dancing while you walk through a kind of mirror maze. Could we could we repurpose that as uh, one of the restaurants? Ooh, that's a good idea. I have two rides and two uh, kind of like games. The, uh, so there, there's of course the Chalky Ride Water Splash, where you ride on a the back of a the Shark Man, you know. <laughs> and uh, there's another, a roller coaster called the Purple Lightning. That sounds very cool, very apropos for this minute in particular. Yes. And then two uh, games to win prizes uh, would be the christening wig fancy lad toss, where you toss <laughs> toss a christening wig onto the head of a fancy lad, and in order to win a cupcake, a tobacco spitting contest. <laughs> for the distance, distance and accuracy are key with that Beautiful. game. Beautiful. Beautiful. So uh, one haunted house esque idea that I had. It's a learn to be a cabin boy with paps. And so it's a you go into the house and there's all sorts of like tasks, like little minor tasks that you have to do, like fixing masts and like, you know, chopping things. And as you do, just every every once in a while, someone dressed as paps comes out and yells at you. Can they belittle you as well? Absolutely. And then a couple other quick things. I thought all the water fountains should be labeled as Chris and Adam's tears. And uh, <laughs> when it's hot, uh, they give out uh, Cappy's sweat rags. Nice. Beautiful. <laughs> it's a roller coaster. Chalky's Marine Escape. Uh, I thought it could be like partly underwater roller coaster. And I thought the gimmick could be like 
there's like a separate roller coaster cart that one participant like gets in before the ride that's not on the main ride vehicle. When it like dives down into the water, it like attaches on to save, you know, Nathaniel or this participant and kind of pushes it back to the <laughs> back to the station like it's being saved from the raft. Nice. So, nice. A take on like your classic teacups ride. But it's floating cupcake teacups. And as you're spinning around, you know, there's like a centerpiece that spits tobacco randomly <laughs> at yeah. going around. And the last idea was just like like a kid's play area that's known as Mulligan's Daycare. And it's just like the big mulligan and it's all sorts of like oversized things that the kids can play in and around. Sure. Hmm. What about this one just popped into my head? What about one that's like a Kenny's hula dance where you get inside of a of a, of a, a Kenny shaped object and it just like does the, the sh- it shakes around. It gives you a little gives you a little jostle. That's good. That's good. You it's get, like a... You're getting in, Kenny? Yeah. Of course. And it just wiggles around. Woo-hoo. Beautiful. All right, so then we go back below deck, and we see Paps. He gives us the, I'll feel better once we get out of these waters. All this anxiety from being in a strange and mysterious land is giving me gas. So he does go for the the Pepto. No label. Do do we think this is like homemade Pepto or uh, store-bought? I wonder if they bought it at uh, David Letterman's uh, store. (laughs) <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, you know, it's like souvenir shops like would you like to buy some pepto maybe uh with each purchase of your sock monkey you get a yeah. jar of pepto business free jar of homemade pepto <laughs> <laughs> so i started looking up some homemade pepto bismol recipes and once again i felt like I, I didn't want to share it with the podcast audience uh like sharing the contents of the anarchist cookbook or something <laughs> <laughs> But Pepto Bismol, also known as bismuth subsalicylate, is an antacid elixir medication used to treat temporary discomforts of the stomach and gastrointestinal tract, also known as pink bismuth. It can cause a black tongue or black stools when combined with trace amounts of sulfur. Huh. First sold to physicians directly as a product known as Bismazole in 1918, and uh, it was made by a doctor in New York. That's it. Everything you would care to know on Pepto Bismol Minute. <laughs> One Pepto facts. <laughs> so we get, you know, the, the shot opens with the close up shot of the Pepto. Uh, then it goes to Paps taking the chug, and then we get a wider shot of the crew sitting at the table. Paps and Big Teddy both have, like, silver cups, and Skunk, and what I presume the empty place setting is for Cappy? Yes. Uh, so the empty place setting both have what it looks like that same cup from the raft and the chum bullion cup. Hopefully washed after the bullion, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> who knows looks like skunk has a cigarette 
Yes. That's the first time I've seen a cigarette. Paps, of course, has a cigar. And, uh, well, Paps is swigging uh, Pepto and Skunk and Big Teddy are swigging those beers. So we, we early on, uh, so in that early, early seed when the uh, crew's drinking after they get back from back town, we spent a little bit of time trying to figure out what that beer was and, and we, we couldn't discern it. But you get some nice close-up shots of the cans in this scene. And they were good enough that I was able to identify what that beer was. Let's so the beers themselves, so the beers are labeled as a Sea King Premium Pale Beer. However, what that is, is they modified the label of a beer that actually existed, which was King Cole Premium Pale Beer, which was a beer that was brewed by Meyer Brewing in LA back in like the... 40s and 50s and stuff like that but in the film they're labeled sea king correct yes so the uh cabin boy production design team took the previously existing label made a quick little modification to make it as a sea king which i think is a more appropriate beer for uh the setting Uh and uh you know boys have been drinking away with their uh, premium pale lager nice all right then we get uh we get big teddy Ah, purple lightning. That's always a good sign. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we get the crash of the purple lightning, flashing purple in the interior of the room, and, and just a classic line from uh, Big Teddy. So did anyone uh, come up with anything on purple lightning? There was at least two or three marijuana strains that were named purple lightning from what I could tell. But uh, in general, there does not appear to be a real-life equivalent to purple lightning. I, di- I disagree wholly. What? If I didn't, I have to throw out my notebooks. What? What? what <laughs> part of you throw them out? How many notebooks <laughs> did you fill with purple lightning? At least two. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got? What do you got? It is an actual phenomena occurring in the higher atmosphere. It's known as ionospheric lightning. So upper atmospheric lightning is believed to be electrically induced forms of luminous plasma. Mm. And surprisingly so, on the Wikipedia page, there are images of this purple lightning. There's a picture from Mauna Kea in Hawaii, as seen from the summit. Wow. So in the area... It could uh, have purple lightning. I, I was wrong. Shame. Yeah. Oh, wait, we didn't yeah. get that. Can you say that again? <clears throat> I was wrong. Oh, my God. Oh, you broke so up funny. a second. What was that? <laughs> I was wrong. I would love to see a uh, energy drink called Purple Lightning with Prince on the can. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Wow. Start and, it just say, and it would just say, let's go crazy. <laughs> when fancy lads cry. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we got some purple lightning, and uh, here it is. Nathaniel walks in. Here they are, your fish stick kitties. My own invention, thank you very much. I thought mealtime could use a little sprucing up around here. Perhaps here's your kitty. <laughs> so great. <laughs> so sh- shall we uh, shall we break down the makeup of a fish stick kitty? Uh, yeah, but just just briefly, 
each. So he's got the tray, he's got the four plates, each with a kitty on it. And then a detail I never noticed before, each of the plates has a little, uh, has a bunch of little dollops of what I'm assuming yeah. is cocktail sauce with little baby shrimp kind of stuck inside each of them. It's very beautiful. Yeah, a lot of care put into it. All right, so everybody gets one fish stick kitty uh, among a sea of, uh, as we said, small shrimp. And it, it appears to me the body is composed of two fish stick kitties that are kind of uh, sandwiched next to each other. Each leg is also a fish stick coming off. So so now we are, we're at two for the body. I'm guessing full fish stick for the legs. We'll call them full. Yep. So that's now six fish sticks. And then I would say if uh, you were going to give advice to somebody making their own fish stick kitty, put particular emphasis on the tail. The tail must be perfectly erect. <laughs> that seems to be very consistent with these fish stick kitties, an erect tail. So yes. that's seven fish sticks. Now the head appears to be a portioned off, you know, kind of square fish stick piece with, I guess, little fish stick pieces for ears on top. That's what I got. For a little extra context in the screenplay, oh. they say that they have two clams for eyes. So I don't what? see any clams for eyes. What I do see are just like little indentations for the eyes. Yeah. And it also says in the screenplay that the fish stick kitties have smiling faces, which I do not Ooh. see as well. <laughs> Production design team sitting there with the script. Mm. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. You could see them just, they put together the whole thing and they're fucking around with the, with the smile. And the, ah, just forget <laughs> this. Jesus <Yeah>. Christ. <laughs> send it. Send it. It's going to be on the screen for 13 seconds. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. The whiskers are toothpicks, and I'm imagining the internal bones, if you will, are also toothpicks. So if you get, I just looked it up, and the Gorton's Fisherman has a 52-pack of fish sticks. So you could make seven fish stick kitties for a large family. And then you'd have three left over. Holy Lord. Well, you might mess them up when you're trying to make the ears, too, so it's probably to have, uh, good to have some extras. That's true. So you need, yeah, I mean, so you go to the store. I mean, this would probably be a relatively economical meal as well, because you go yeah. to the store, you just get a pack of toothpicks, uh-huh. you get some cocktail shrimp and some cocktail sauce, and a box of fish sticks. I mean, what's that costing you? 20 bucks, maybe? At most. I, I could tell you dinner needs some sprucing up around my house. <laughs> uh, I mean, again, I don't know what the Academy Awards was thinking this year, but the guys' faces when oh. those kitties come out, every <laughs> single one of them deserve an Oscar. It's fantastic. <laughs> I like that Big Teddy has got his uh, he's got his knife and fork in his hand, and he's like sort of like expectantly waiting, and then it comes out in front of him, and he's just like it's like a mixture of disgust and shock on his face, and then followed up by hatred. I mean, I took the knife, the knife, like he's just holding the knife, like ready to stab the entire time. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, skunk with the, the plate turn. 
He like looks down and he's kind of <laughs> tilts his head and he turns the plate to sort of see like how everything's positioned on there. I, and then, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll hit Pats at the end, but the whole experience is wonderful. Oh my. <laughs> you know what? The, the whole concept of fish stick kitties to me made me very much want to see a theatrical production akin to zoo animals on wheels from Chris Elliott's show, Get a Life. Mm. Do you recall this episode? It was a beautiful episode, and I would love to see a full stage production of fish stick kitties <laughs> on wheels. Sounds fantastic. Wouldn't that be amazing? Well, now that you're a close personal friend of Francis Ford Coppola, maybe he wants uh, to get yeah. involved. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll ring him up and be like, I got an idea for you. We got to partner with the Cabin Boy Minute crew. Look, I'm you 40 years ago, okay? Like, <laughs> oh man, that'd be amazing. And then we get, uh, so when Nathaniel offers uh, Paps the kitty, here's your kitty, he starts in with his meow. <laughs> 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 My favorite part of the whole thing. I'm awful tasty, Paps. <laughs> yeah, that's the best part. He sneaks in another little I'm awful tasting. Him doing the voice of the cat is so funny. Oh my god, it's so good. There's a little, little petting going on. He's got like one finger on the back of the kitty. <laughs> <laughs> and then when you think about it in the context of the screenplay, you know, they do say it had a smiling face. So I wonder if originally he would have been like trying to move the little uh, yeah. the little smile face to make it talk. I'm awfully tasty, perhaps. <laughs> Because help. then, of course, Paps responds, get out of my face, you half-assed Edgar Bergen. <laughs> Such a specific reference. Mm-hmm. He's a ventriloquist. It's the father of Candace Bergen. Yeah, I, I had no idea what that reference was until I looked it up for this here minute. What do you got on Edgar Bergen, sir? Uh, you mean Edgar John Bergen? I do mean Edgar John Bergen. Born 1903, died 1978. Mm. Uh, he was an actor, comedian, and radio performer, best known for his proficiency in ventriloquism, and his characters Charlie McCarthy and Mortimer Snurd. Mm. <laughs> As Mr. Opus just shared, he's the father of actress Candace Bergen, who is uh, most notable for Murphy Brown. He taught himself ventriloquism at the age of 11, from a pamphlet called The Wizard's Manual, the Wizard's a must-have. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, so calling him a half-assed ventriloquist, I guess. I guess yeah. that's just interchangeable. And uh, yet again, Adam Resnick's uh, deep trove of cultural references, I think, we're being experienced here. So showing the pa that Pappy is a very uh, learned man. Yeah. Yeah, how would, he, how would he know who Edgar Bergen is? Well, we did. So Edgar Bergen's from Chicago, right? Yes. We have theorized that Paps grew up in Michigan. Ooh. Perhaps, uh, you know, as a young lad, he uh, saw Edgar Bergen doing his uh, ventriloquism routine. And again, Edgar Bergen would have been active during these years, you know, the, the 20s, 30s. So uh, he could be familiar uh, with seeing him at a vaudevillian act as you uh said in the prior podcast it's all lining up it's all coming together it's, <laughs> it's 
I mean, yes. I mean, I mean it is. It's it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. We're halfway. You're halfway there, boys. <laughs> I'm 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 scared to continue. If this if this makes such holistic sense at the end, like I don't know what that means to my world. <laughs> All right. Who wins the scene? I got Paps. It was a tough one. I, I was there was wobbling back and forth between Nathaniel and Paps, but uh, I think Paps won me over this minute. I'm gonna go out on a limb here, and I'm going to give it to the ensemble. Ooh. Oh, bold move! Wow. Yeah. My goodness. Like the ensemble of the the fish to kitties. No, like just, just just the four of them, all of them together. Yeah, f- fine. I'll include the fish to kitties. They're they're, they're personified. Okay. Just give it give it to the whole group, huh? A full cast award. Yes. I gave it to Nathaniel for uh, that. The what really won me over was the uh, I'm awfully tasty, perhaps. That part <laughs> for me pretty much sealed the deal. Is half-assed Edgar Bergen-style antics. <laughs> <laughs> one, one hopes he put some effort into emulating Edgar Bergen there. Yes. So to reinforce Brian's choice, I uh, said Big Teddy won the scene. Mm. Oh, wow. I Don't love- encourage me. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Love the purple lightning line, and just his reactions throughout the whole scene are great. Just a lot of a lot of emotive effort from him that I thought really kind of kind of undergirded the whole thing. And then he brings it with purple lightning. But again, given that we each had separate choices, and Brian, you gave it to all of them, I think that shows that just it's a it's a strong strong showing by everyone in the scene. And Big Teddy, for sure, his re- reaction to the fish stick kitties is the most volatile. Like he, he seems he seems very disgusted by those kitties. Strong emotional response there. Yeah, he's not into it. All right, so calls to action. I mean, we definitely need to make a batch of a Sea King Premium Pale. That certainly needs to be done. Um, I was gonna say, you know how they have those uh, that those like wiki how sites where it takes you step by step how to do things. We need to you, you put one of those together on how to put together a fish stick kitty. Yeah. That was one of my other calls to action is just a having a fish stick kitty competition. Yeah. Ooh. And then uh, you know maybe we have different categories. I thought perhaps we could uh, brainstorm some different categories, like for instance, uh, fish stick kitties, but you can't use fish sticks. Oh. What? One category. Wow. <laughs> <Just> immediately confusing. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But we would we would have to have a ventriloquism contest. Sure. Like who does the best Bergen? Candace Bergen or Edgar Bergen? Edgar Bergen. <laughs> who does the best Murphy Brown in here? What's the least amount of fish sticks you can use to make a kitty? And then what's the biggest kitty? Right? Like yeah. can you make a yeah. kitty out of one fish stick? Yes. How many fish sticks doth a fish stick kitty make? Oh, is that our philosophical pondering? Aren't we all just fish stick kitties when you boil it down? Yes. I think you need to. <laughs> I think you need to fry them. <laughs> okay. Fry. <laughs> fry them. <laughs> Moving on. Of course, open our Wackyville theme park is another call to action. Absolutely. 
Where would Wackyville be uh, situated? New Jersey. <laughs> right by Action Park or something right. like that. Across the street. Yeah, from Action Park, Wackyville, and Action Park. <laughs> Amazing. What a fucking day. Wow. <laughs> so much danger. Both both physical and mental danger. More so the mental. Yeah. <laughs> well, I did want to jump on this uh, surrealism bit. You know, as we said, we've been uh, kind of tossing around ideas on Dadaism and surrealism. And I, I thought appropriately for our the um, comedic talents of Chad Opitz being on this uh, here episode <laughs> to talk about surreal humor, also known as absurdist humor or surreal comedy, is a form of humor predicated on deliberate violations of causal reasoning, producing events and behaviors that are obviously illogical. Constructions of surreal humor tend to involve bizarre juxtapositions, incongruity, non sequiturs, irrational or absurd situations, and expressions of nonsense. The humor arises from a subversion of audience expectations so that the amusement is founded on unpredictability, separate from a logical analysis of the situation. Surreal humor so i ask of you and this is in the context of what our dear friend mike Sachs, uh who was interviewed on the pod and also is on the cabin boy commentary you know he wrote that book poking a dead frog the whole idea of poking a dead frog with regards to comedy is from a quote from eb white who wrote in the new yorker that humor can be dissected as a frog can be dissected, but the thing dies in the process and the innards are discouraging to any but the pure scientific mind. Humor won't stand much poking. It has a certain fragility and evasiveness which one had best respect. So in that context, let's, uh, let's talk about surreal humor if we just talk about the fish stick kitties in particular, why is that funny? And is that an example of surrealistic humor? Well, that, that whole uh, definition of surrealistic humor is giving me gas. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, it, it, I think it's inherently funny for him to be serving up wacky food items to a surly crew that clearly hates his guts and wants nothing to do <laughs> with his meal that he's prepared for them. So, like, uh, I don't know if I would consider that surreal humor. It's It seems just like, uh, though there's absolutely surrealistic humor in uh, the show Get a Life and this movie, but I don't know if this particular moment I would call surrealistic humor. Maybe more like the bearded figurehead would fall into that, that camp. Sure, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess you have two things at play there. It's what you're describing, like this salty crew reacting in this way to this, you know, relative buffoon doing his buffoonery. But also, you know, why fish stick kitties? I mean, that's a that's a very like, uh, I don't know, weird thing. Okay, yeah, and that's what it goes along with uh, those. Like I mentioned, the zoo animals on wheels thing. It's like just the concept is makes you chuckle. 
<laughs> so it's like, what if I made these uh, fish sticks into the kitties? <laughs> you know, and it's just like goes along with his whole persona, you know, which is just kind of yeah, like you said, buffoon, buffoonish and weird in a very particular way. It's the juvenile adult, right? Yeah. It's the you know, especially for Nathaniel, he's this indeterminate age, right? Like he's Chris Elliott who is, I think we previously established, he's in his, like, early 30s here, right? But having just graduated from Steppenwood, we theorized he's maybe, like, 18, 19, something like that. Um, and they always, everybody refers to him as a kid. So he's presented visually as an adult. He's treated as a child. He's supposed to be emulating the, like, what, 9-, 10-year-old kid from Captain's Courageous, you know, so he's like simultaneously filling all these roles. And then, you know, when he goes to when he goes to serve the crew, he's like, oh, I'll cook for them. And here, look, I played with your food for you. Yeah. <laughs> and presents it to them as a pre-made toy. And, uh, you know, just 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 gives you that ridiculous combination of like, here's what this appears to be. This grown man has created cats out of food for that, <laughs> as you said, the surly fishermen. Yeah, they're they're kitties, though. That's true. Yeah, not they're like not, cats these, are, these are not full grown. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Mis misinterpreted. I hear what you're saying though on that. It's like maybe not quite all the way stepping into surrealism, but it's certainly kind of it rides along near next to it nearby. Yeah. Embraces the boy part. Very deep, very deep. Very deep indeed. <laughs> I do like that uh that whole definition you gave of the frog poking. Yeah. Almost explicitly describes what we're doing on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. I would say I would say this this podcast is is maybe the best example of surrealism. The concept when I mention when I mention what this show is and how it is done, people always laugh at it. It's, like, <laughs> it's an absurd idea. It's like you're literally talking about Cabin Boy for 40 plus hours. It is true. It's like anyone who has the slightest idea what the movie is, like what's you describe, it's like, oh, we're talking about the movie Cabin Boy. What? <laughs> Why? <laughs> like, oh, it's, not, it's not just that. It's not one podcast. It's 80. <laughs> every single minute where we dissect every single line yeah. to a point of, uh, may, I mean, goddamn. It's very, very uh, absurdist. So I think you guys are doing the ultimate uh, uh, absurdist humor, honestly. More so than the film itself. You're going to bring me to tears. You got my glass eye fogging over. <laughs> I mean, there, there's the parallels are totally there, right? It's the, you know, we're embarking on the ridiculous fucking thing. And we are simultaneously taking it seriously, but not taking it seriously. Well, that's what makes it even funnier. That's what makes it so great is that is that it's uh, you do take it seriously, and that's why it's so fucking w wacky. <laughs> yeah. In my mind, the greatest compliment we could get is somebody listening to a few minutes of it and saying, "Are these guys fucking serious?" <laughs> I think I played. A, I listened to an episode at work, and my boss was like. Wow, I'm actually learning a lot. <laughs> it's a very, it's a very educational show. Uh, we try our best. Gags per minute. 
All right. Uh, I went with number one, chugging Pepto. Uh, number two, giving me gas. Number three was just the reactions to that. They're like, Jesus, you know. Uh, number four, purple lightning, always a good sign. Number four, the introduction of the fish stick kitties. Uh, number five was uh, Nathaniel's meow meow. Yeah, I'm awfully tasty, perhaps, which to me was the highlight of the scene. And then the next was half-assed Edgar Bergen. And so I had seven total. Okay, seven. All right, I'll, I'll jump in then. Uh, I got number one as Wackyville. Number two, ooh, because it's wacky. Number three, giving me gas comment. Number four, the reactions, Christ, geez. Number five, purple lightning. Number six, and uh, I won't allow it, but I want to make it six, seven, eight, nine for fish stick kitties times four. (laughs) (laughs) Just call it one. So number seven, the boys' reactions to the fish stick kitties. Uh, number eight, Meow Meow Tasty. Number nine, Half-Assed Edgar Bergen for a total of nine. All right, I also got nine. Number one is Wackyville. Number two is the, the head nod by the figurehead. Number three was Pap's Pepto-Bismol slug and groan. Uh, number four is all this anxiety from being in a savage and mysterious land is giving me gas. Uh, number five, eight. Purple lightning, that's always a good sign. Number six, here they are, your fish stick kitties. Number seven, just the looks from Skunk and Big Teddy. Number eight, Paps, here's your kitty. Meow, meow. Number nine, <laughs> get out of my face, you half-assed anchor Bergen. All right. So we've got eight, nine, and nine. I came up with a GPM of 10. Wow. <laughs> Wackyville, because it's wacky. The uh, head shake from the figurehead, giving me gas, purple lightning, the kitties. It gave Nathaniel's outfit a gag. It's like his whole little getup, uh, the reaction of the crew, the meow, meow, <laughs> and uh, get out of my face, you half-ass Edgar Bergen, uh, for a total of 10. So uh, eight for Chad, nine for Brian, nine for Scott, ten for me. That gives us a official GPM of nine <laughs> gags. Brian and Scott, Yo! you both win an all-expenses-paid trip to Wackyville. Oh, my God. Ooh. A copy of Edgar Bergen's How to Become a Ventriloquist. <laughs> Multiple gifts. And bottomless fish sticks while you're at Wackyville. Oh, my wow. God. Congratulations. Oh, this is because it's like the halfway gifts, I guess. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, thanks. Jeez. I, I, you know what? I, I'm going to share. Chad, uh, I will give you my Edgar Bergen. Um, what was I? What was, what was I getting? Uh, How to Become a Ventriloquist by Edgar Bergen. Oh, That's for wow. you, Chad. I will no longer be a half-assed Edgar Bergen. <laughs> You'll be fully assed. Fully assed Edgar Bergen. I'm so, well, I'm so excited. All right. Funny, not funny. Easy. Funny. <laughs> funny. Funny. Damn funny. It's a great minute. Best scene so far? It's tough because you have Fisherman's Greek. Mm. Yep. I mean, that was my answer. I answered my own question and I wrote, <laughs> no, no, still Fisherman's Greek. <laughs> 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 (laughs) 
all along. As we've all agreed, it was an awesome scene. Um, we get contributions from everyone. Right? I mean, Not we, Cappy. We don't, we don't get from Cappy. We get contributions from everyone except Cappy. Where is that naughty captain? For the midpoint of our movie, fantastic. Perfect midpoint minute. Well, for a perfect midpoint minute, it was a perfect midpoint podcast with you gentlemen. Chad, thank you so much for joining us here on Minute 40. Thank you so much for having me. What a wonderful minute to be a part of. And again, you can follow Chad on Twitter at, at Chad Opitz. Please do. For my money, he's the most consistently funny dude on Twitter. Oh, my so, God. Thank you. <laughs> sign up. Honestly, that, I, I mean you, that man. in all sincerity. Thank really, you. I, I've Thank seen uh, many a tweet, and yours uh, really, <laughs> really are consistently good. Thanks, I don't know man. how you do it. Do you have, like, a lair you sit in to drum up I, this stuff? <laughs> I have no I, – I wish I had a, you know, seat in Wackyville, but – <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you necessarily want to go that route. <laughs> you might wind up something with something more akin to this podcast. <laughs> well, I love it. Glad you're doing what you're doing. Well, thank you. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us here on Cabin Boy Minute, Minute Forty. We'll see you next week on Minute Forty One. Adios. Bye-bye. Thank you again for joining us on Cabin Boy Minute. Please help spread the word, tell your friends about us, and rate and subscribe on your podcast medium of choice. Check out our episode notes where you can find calls to action, details on how to support the pod, or leave us a message. Or find us on Twitter at at Minute. We look forward to joining you again next week. Bon voyage!